Well, it's good to be here this morning, and not knowing everything that's going to happen, I had prepared something about Veterans Day, but we've already heard a bit about that. Thank you, Tom, uh, for reminding us about things going on around us, right? We, we have to fit in with the world and, and be aware of what's going on around us to be effective. We can't just have our heads uh, in the clouds and in theory and in doctrine, but know how to apply that to our lives. So today I'm not going to be speaking much about what I do in my work, but I've done that uh, a few weeks ago, but a chance to share something God's put on my heart, uh, and it's about prayer, so I'm going to encourage you today about prayer, maybe teach you something new and help us to focus on God, maybe just remember what we already knew and do it better. Uh, as I start off, I'll just... Uh, pray this morning for God's blessing on the Word. Lord, we do come to you this morning and just ask for your will to be done this morning, that you would uh, give me the, the words to say and that each one here would hear your words, not mine, uh, that they would be uh, enlightened in their minds from interacting with your Word, that they would uh, have understanding from your Holy Spirit, and that would have the power uh, to, and the energy and the might to do the things you want them to do through the power of your Spirit working in us. So we ask for all these things this morning, so we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So in thinking of, of veterans, it, it also leads us to think of current circumstances and things that are happening around us. I was talking with a, a pastor uh, over in Buckfield who was in the reserves and was sent to the Middle East for a year to serve, even though he was a pastor. So it's an interesting time for him to serve locally in a, in a way with the military. Uh, people knew what his job was, and there were times where they were all diving on the floor because the sirens went off and, you know, not knowing what's going on, this kind of thing. And uh, we may not hear it much in the news, depends if you're looking for it or not, but um, Voice of America just had an article saying that there was, in the, in the last few days, there were 27 attacks on American military bases in Iraq and Syria. Um, so this stuff going on in the Middle East isn't just about the Israelis and the uh, Hamas there. It's also broader, right? We've got people there. They've got hostages, uh, and, and Americans were included in some of those, I believe, and, and also involved there on the ground. So things are happening around us, and we need to be praying for the situations around the world. So as we come together as a church body, we are blessed that we have access to God, we have access to Him to pray. So be praying for these things going on around us. Uh, the world looks at different things differently than we do, but we have a chance to impact the world through the prayers that we are allowed to and encouraged by God to join Him in praying for these things. So as we look at prayer in the church, uh, it's a couple of interesting things. I think most of us, when we think of prayer, you might think of a verse such as, when you pray, go into your closet and pray alone. And, and it's an individual thing, right? If someone's asked you to pray in public in a church, it might feel difficult. If you've not done it before, it's awkward. And what words do I use? And it may be, you know, I know back in the day when they said, what's the biggest fear that people have? It's public speaking, right? Getting up in front of a group of people and actually saying something. Uh, today, I think silence is one of the biggest fears that people have, especially for young people. They never take the music out of their ears just to be quiet. 
But to spend time with God, you have to be quiet, don't we? So praying alone, praying individually is one way to pray. But that's not the only way to pray. Uh, We live in an individualistic society. I've done some studies in cultures and lived in other countries. And uh, in the West, in the U.S., is one of the most individualistic. And so I think of independent Mainers. You know, we learn to do it ourselves. We have all the tools in the car. If we break down, we can fix it. We don't need anybody else. Well, if you've ever had that happen, you probably did need somebody else. Very rarely can you fix everything yourself for whatever might have gone wrong with your car. Um, I remember one time driving between Maine and Vermont, and some guy broke down. And uh, it was really in the middle of nowhere, no big cities around. It was at night, there was no garages open. I just felt God saying, stop and see what you can do. And so I stopped, and he had a, this radiator hose had, had burst, but it was right near the end. And so if we could cut off a couple inches, we might be able to get that back in there. So I opened up my trunk, and I had some tools and had a knife to cut it with. And, but then the, uh, the way you attach it had broken as well. And I looked, and I'd had a couple of these metal pieces, traps that you could tighten it up with, and I had the tools, and, and then he'd lost most of his water by this point, so I went back and looked, and I had a spare gallon of water in my trunk. So the Lord had just prepared all these things. Of course, my dad had helped teach me to prepare for these things, but I was able to help him get his car fixed, and uh, as I left, I heard one of his daughters saying to the mother in the car, was that an angel? So... <laughs> You know, I, we, we can be like angels to people if we're prepared and if we're praying and if we're ready to help people. I think it's important for us to be listening to God. It was God laid on my heart to stop. You know, if I hadn't been listening and realizing, you know, it's so easy for us just to pass by. We're busy, we're on our way, we're late for something. Are we hearing God? Because as we pray, we need to be lining up with what God tells us to pray for. So other cultures tend to be more group-oriented. They, they pray together more readily. I think we tend to pray more individually in the U.S., but we need to pray together corporately. We need to pray uh, as a group, and we do that a number of ways. There's Sunday school, small groups, home groups, um, prayer meetings, and such. But I think we need to th- look at that a little bit more. Um, <clears throat> uh, interestingly enough, we lived in France for a while, and... Uh, they think more group-oriented. When they get together, they share food. Okay, so think of a potluck here. We come together and we share food. Now, we were in France. We were surprised. We went to a, a picnic in the park with a church group. It wasn't just church groups either, but in general, when you go to a picnic in the park, you still come prepared to share food. You don't just bring your sandwich. And this, this one lady, she came with this big thermos of coffee and had all these little cups. And anyone want coffee? And come around and they share the dessert, you know, so you've got to be prepared to share things. They think in group settings more. I had a colleague from Chile in a discussion one time, and she was saying, oh, yeah, we do everything together. You know, people don't tend to walk on the street by themselves. They find someone else to go with, and they walk arm in arm. And I said, what about food? You know, I've, I had the, the idea that uh, you share food. And so I said, what happens if you were walking past an ice cream shop and you wanted to buy an ice cream cone? It's kind of hard to share an ice cream cone, isn't it? I said, would you buy one or not buy one if you wanted one? Well, if everyone in the group couldn't afford it, and I wasn't ready to buy one for everyone, I probably just wouldn't buy one. So they, even in the group, they are, their mentality is we have to share things. I remember hearing about some uh, soldiers in the military, and 
the Middle East or Afghanistan somewhere, and they threw out some candy to some kids, but they didn't eat it immediately. And they watched, they went back to their group of kids, and they broke it into pieces, and each kid got some candy. So, you know, we are an individualistic society, but a lot of places around the world are, are group-oriented. One of the challenges we face in English is that we have dropped the plural form of you in modern English. If you've learned another language, you know, I've learned French, and you've got uh, the informal tu, and then you've got the vous, the parlez-vous français, right? That's the vous is the you plural. Do you speak French? Or it's a polite form of the, of the term, but this plural form is built into the language. In English, we actually do have it, but we don't use it anymore. If you have the King James Version of the Bible, you'll recognize these these and thous, right? So it, it, it is in there, and we do have it, but we don't use it much today. So as we look at uh, praying, one of the prayers we all know, I get my pages in order here, is the Lord's Prayer. If you have your Bibles, you can look that up. Uh, we'll go to Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 15. This is just part of it. I'm just going to read it in the English Standard Version first. So it says, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. But the King James is a little different. Uh, maybe we could just say, I learned it in King James English uh, to memorize. Probably most of you do. Could we just say it together? Do you think that would work? Um, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And kingdom come, and will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So we can say that together. It's an important prayer. I was at a funeral about a year ago, uh, a relative, and uh, they weren't believers, and the people there weren't believers. And the guy who was from the funeral home uh, got up and said, well, there's no preacher here today, and I'm not a preacher, so let's just say the Lord's Prayer together. And everyone said the Lord's Prayer. And, and probably some had Catholic background or some other ways where they'd heard, but almost everyone knew it. I mean, I wasn't speaking up, and I was listening, and most everyone was following along. So the Lord's Prayer is a very uh, popular prayer. It's something that most of us know in this country. But as we read through there, if you notice, uh, verse 11 says, Give us this day our daily bread. And 12, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. It's plural, right? It's about us. It's not about me. God isn't saying me. Now, we think individually. Of course, I'm part of us, and so that fits. But this prayer is for us. In the King James, it goes on and it says, um, where am I leaving? It's not temptation, deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom. Okay. Uh, oh, back in the beginning. And after this manner, therefore pray ye, a Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So it shows up in the King James here even more, the 
the, the plural form of you. So if you have that, you can see it in the Bible. Now, why do I emphasis this on the plural versus singular? Well, again, it's the fact that God often speaks to us as a body, speaks to us as the body of Christ, speaks to us together. Uh, when looking at some cultural studies about uh, the U.S. and re recognizing we're an individualistic society, they asked the question, do you feel like that's a good thing? And most Americans said we felt like we'd be better if we were more group-oriented. What we realized we're, we're not, but we can do better in that. And I think in the church we need to pick up on that. We need to recognize we're a family, and as a family we do things together, including praying together. And I think there's power in that. Uh, just checking my notes here so I'm not getting out of line. Uh, so what is Jesus talking about? In this particular case, it may not be a, make a huge difference if it's singular or individual. If you're in a group, you're an individual in that group, but the whole group is learning. So we might learn the same thing individually, but what do we learn as a group? And it does say to uh, forgive, confess our sins to one another. James 5.16 tells us to do that. So you know, praying together and confessing our sins to each other is another way to benefit. It's, we get healed when we pray together. It talks about uh, in James as well. So what are we doing with our prayers? Are we praying together? Have we learned to work together and pray together? Another passage is in Matthew 18, 18 through 20. So if you want to turn there, you can turn there. <clears throat> Uh, just thinking again of another example of the, the groupness. We, we have groups around us, don't we? We have, uh, in the military, you've got a, a group. You have different, bigger groups, smaller groups. I think of like the obstacle course uh, you see in the military, and they have different teams set up, and they have to go through an obstacle course. Uh, but the, the team wins or loses, don't they? It's not the individual. If you have somebody who's not as good at getting over the obstacles, but the guys who are really good at it just run through it and get to the other end. They're sitting there waiting for this guy to come through. That's the team that's going to lose usually. The team that wins is when the best guys stay and help the weakest guy get over the obstacles. And as a team, you help each other. And maybe certain people have different challenges with some obstacles. Others are better at others. And so we can help each other in areas where we're weak and then others are weak in other areas. So as a group, you can do a lot more. That's only if you're working together. Uh, teams and sports, the same kind of thing. You get the guy who's the best sports quarterback or whatever, but if he doesn't have a team that works with him, you're not going to win. You win by having a team that can function together. The quarterback needs his linemen to block those defenders so he has time to throw the ball. You need the receiver to be able to catch the ball. You need the defense to stop the offense on the other team. You know, everything works together. And I remember when, when Brady first came to the Patriots, he was a nobody. He wasn't expected uh, to win. He wasn't somebody who came out of college with great skills and things. He was filling in for somebody who got hurt. And uh, that first couple of years, they, they didn't have any great names on their team. And they were winning because they played together. And that's what really struck me. And then later, it changed. You know, you start getting some big names. They want big money. And things change. So how does that work in life? Can we do things together? So Matthew 18, 18 through 20. 
Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I among them. So we talk about this coming to church, right? We believe God is here with us because of this last verse. When two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. So we have to remember a couple of things. When we pray, we don't have any power to answer that prayer, right? It isn't that we're praying because we pray somehow we've done something. You know, it's, it's the, there's a link in the chain there, and the ch- link in the chain is God. We have to pray. God then goes and does something. Now, one of the things that's important there when we talk about prayer is that when you pray and ask God to do something, if he doesn't want to do it, he's not going to do it. So we need to line up with what God is doing. We need to be able to hear from God. What is it you want to do, God? in this situation. Where are you going? What do you want us to to do in this? Sometimes it's praying, but if you pray that you would, God, this person is poor and needs money and you've laid him on my heart, please help him. You've got extra money in your pocket that you're going to spend on something fun and you're not willing to give to this guy. What's going to happen? God is going to say, wait a minute, I don't want you just to pray, I want you to actually do something. And so actions follow prayer. Some of us may not have a lot of money. Maybe you've got time. Maybe you're out of work or or you're retired and you've got time to help somebody. Maybe you don't have a lot of money. Um, There's a lot of ways we should do things as we pray. Prayer is not just in our minds. Prayer is together as a group and then going to do something. I remember when uh, Harold Shaw and... uh, I'm drawing a blank on the other guy's name. He passed away recently. Yeah, Dale Poland. I just can't believe I forgot his name. So Harold Shaw and Dale Poland had the ministry to go and visit people. And I was new to the church, a young guy looking for something to do. And they said, oh, come along. I'm like, I don't know anybody and I don't know how to say things in front of people. Just come along and pray. And so I joined them for about a year going around every week. There was visitation cards. People would sign up to want to visit or somebody in the church would ask us to visit somebody they knew and we never went just two. It was always, I mean, we never went by ourselves. It was at least two people. And if it was the woman at home alone, we never went in. We would come back later. But we'd go in, and they would just talk. And just, how's it going? What's happening? And I was just sitting there praying because I didn't know these people, didn't know anything about it. Felt a little awkward, but it worked out really well. And they were amazing two guys, and they knew most everybody in the area. And so that was a ministry that they had. But the praying part was important. They had open doors and people listened and responded. And so maybe you think, I can't visit people. I don't know people. I don't have good words to say, but you can pray. And if you're shut in, if your health is bad and you can't get out, you can pray. But we should also be trying to pray together. So this, these couple of verses here talk about praying together, and what we ask will happen because of what God's doing, because of what God wants to be done. Um, when we uh, look in Acts chapter 2, 42, the new church, um, when Pentecost came, and uh, the Lord moved, the Holy Spirit came down on the, the apostles, they went out, Peter was speaking, 
It says 3,000 souls joined the church that day. Uh, in verse 42, it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. So all the things we're doing, you know, we, we love to have a fellowship meal. We come together for teaching, uh, for singing, for praising God, for, but also here for prayer. A big part of what we do is the body of Christ is to pray. We should never come together uh, without praying. That should be part of what we do. Uh, I work in an organization uh, called the Wycliffe Bible Translators, and the guy who founded that was a guy named William Cameron Townsend. And uh, I gave him the name Uncle Cam, and he started off handing out Bibles in Central America, Guatemala, and yet the Bibles are in Spanish. And uh, one of the guys there from the Kachikal language said, if your God is so great, how come he doesn't speak my language? And he said, well, I guess I need to do something about that. So he started translating, and he spent quite a while translating uh, into one of these languages, but he realized quickly, you know, I'm not going to have much impact in the world doing this myself. I need to get other people involved. And so he started to do that. Well, later on, they wanted to get into Mexico. And back then, uh, in the 30s and 40s, Mexico was closed to missionaries. They didn't like the missionaries from the north coming in there and stirring up trouble. And so it was not allowed to go in there as a missionary. And so they said, well, we, we're doing linguistics and translating the Bible. And yet they, they still were having a struggle getting in. And so there was a day, most of the leaders of the organization at that point is pretty small, got together at the Keswick Convention Center in New Jersey. And they spent a day and a night praying. Not just a couple of minutes here and there, not just over a meal or something, but consistent um, for a long period of time, praying, how do we get into Mexico? What do you want us to do? Uh, and somewhere through that period of time, Uncle Cam remembered uh, a time he had met some guy from Mexico when he was in middle of Central America doing other things. And he'd written a letter, and he says, what was that letter about? He pulled the letter out, and it was an invitation to come to Mexico and meet with him and do linguistic work and translation in his country. Look at doing that. And so God rem reminded him of this letter he'd had for a few years he'd forgotten totally about. So during this prayer meeting, they felt convinced that this letter would get them into Mexico. And so they took a trip with three or four guys down there, and they got to the border, and they didn't want to let him in at first, and then they showed him this letter. Well, everybody knew this educator. He was a real famous guy who'd been helping the, the people in Mexico. And they said, well, this guy, he's vouching for these guys. We need to let him in. So, but you have to promise you're not going to evangelize and you're not going to hand out Bibles and things. They said, okay, we won't do that. So they were able to get in, and they met the guy. They started meeting these other smaller tribes and uh, people groups, and they started translating into their language. And then translating into their language also allowed them to translate the Bible. And so they, Wycliffe was in there many years before things changed and then other groups could get in. Uh, so God works in different ways, but he answers corporate prayer. These guys prayed all day and all night, and God answered that prayer. Uh, I was also reading a book from Watchman Nee. If you're familiar with him, he's a Chinese guy uh, who served the Lord in the early 19th century, um, was in the U.S. for a while. Then he felt led to go back to China, 
and uh, they put him in jail for the rest of his life, and he died in the early 70s. But in the meantime, he wrote a lot of books and had a lot of sermons. One of his most popular books was called The, the Normal Christian Life, and uh, I would uh, recommend people to read that. The Normal Christian Life has a lot of things in it that aren't normal, right? It's kind of the, the oxymoron of the name that should be normal, but that we don't tend to do. And, and praying is one of them. So he talked a lot about prayer. And he used these verses that I read in Matthew 18 through 20. And uh, he says that that should be a normal thing, that we come together and we pray that certain things would be bound on earth and other things would be loosed on earth, and, and then God responds in heaven. And it's a spiritual battle we fight, right? So we, we ask for it here, but God moves in the spiritual. So when we talk about battles in earth, happening, we, we know that it's a spiritual battle. We think of Daniel when he was uh, in Babylon and he was praying that uh, the Jews would go back to Israel. Now there had been a promise, 70 years, 70 or 80, 70 years, right? So that they would go back. They knew this was going to happen. He knew the 70 years were up. So God's going to take them back, right? Well, Daniel didn't just assume that. He started praying for that. And you think, well, why did he have to pray? It was already a promise they knew about. Seven years was up. It was going to happen. God said it. But God wants us to pray about things, and then he does them. And so there's a pattern of God wanting to do something, but he's waiting for us to pray. He wants us to be included in prayer. If we don't pray, then often he won't act. He's waiting for us to initiate movement. And he'll lay it on people's hearts to pray. If you get woken up in the middle of the night thinking of someone and praying for them, it's probably because God wants to work in their life and he's wanting you to be involved. Why does he want us to be involved? One way is to encourage us to know that our prayers are important. Our prayers do impact other people. And he also said in his book that for an example of as a big city and you have an evangelistic outreach and you're praying and, and what, what do you pray for? He said maybe God... Uh, has in mind 100,000 people hearing the gospel message in that evangelistic outreach. But the people in the church are praying for 100 people to come out. How many people are going to come out? Do we often pray smaller? We, we need to pray bigger. We need to pray trusting God is going to move more than what we might think. Are we limiting ourselves in our faith and our belief of what God can do? That if we pray for 100,000, 100,000 might be reached with the good news. It doesn't, you know, however many people God wants to come, it's going to be up to God to do the work. But are we praying it too small? Are we willing to pray bigger? And are we willing to pray together? I know with the Billy Graham Crusades, um, they have these, uh, uh, some office somewhere, and they have people praying together regularly for weeks before the event. They've got someone answering phones, for people calling in, they have prayer requests they're gathering, and they have a group of people praying for requests. They also have the churches in the area come together uh, and work together for those crusades. And so when he we used to work, uh, it was through prayer. So many people praying well before those crusades happened. And so we, we see Billy Graham up there, we associate things with Billy Graham, but it was the people praying that caused God to work in that area. And the more people who prayed, the more things that happened. Because Billy Graham would leave, right? He wasn't sticking around. It was the local churches that were the ones that people would connect to and go to the church, and they did the follow-up. And so when we're here as a church, we have a, a big opportunity to impact our society around us through all the people we have here and all the networks we have.
But are we praying together? Are we praying for these things to happen? Uh, as we move forward today, I would like us to actually spend some time in prayer. Uh, often we hear uh, a teaching on prayer, we have head knowledge of prayer, uh, but do we actually take time to pray together? So I'd, I'd like to spend a few minutes praying together. I know it's hard to, uh, in a big group, to, to move everybody around in small groups, so we won't do that today. We'll just ask you to pray where you are, but we're praying together because we're in the same room, we're praying towards the same things. I'd like to pray for three different groupings. The first thing I'd like to do is just to pray for someone who's lost that you know of, someone who's not a believer. Um, I'm sure if you think for a second, God will lay somebody on your heart in mind that you could pray for today. I think as we pray, God will move. Now, it doesn't mean that he's promising that everyone we pray for today will become a believer or change their heart, but he's going to work on them uh, through radio, through television, through somebody they come in contact with at a store. I think our prayers are effective, and as we pray together, even in the same room, praying for the same thing, even though it may be different people, God is going to move. Secondly, I'd like us to pray for uh, wayward loved ones, people who used to come to church, used to be here, who aren't now, someone who maybe in your family grew up in a Christian home, but now is not acting that way. Again, I believe God can change hearts. I was reading the book uh, Jim Cimbala down at the, uh, in New York, the big church he has down there, and his daughter went away from the Lord and was doing drugs and all kinds of different things and wouldn't respond to his calls and things because he'd been pestering her to come back and she didn't want to hear it anymore. And she knew she wasn't doing the right thing. Well, they met on Wednesday nights for prayer meeting and they had hundreds of people out on Wednesday nights for these prayer meetings. It wasn't just five or six people. And uh, he didn't want to ask prayer for his daughter specifically because he felt like that would be, uh, you know, his privileged position. Everybody else in the church had daughters and sons who were struggling. Why should they just pray for his? But somebody else in the church who knew the situation came up to him and said, I feel like God's saying we should pray for your daughter tonight. And so he said, okay. And they spent 15, 20 minutes in prayer for his daughter that night. And the next day, uh, his, his wife says, oh, we have a phone call. And it was from this daughter. And she said, I had a, a terrible dream last night. I was picturing hell and there was an abyss and I was ready to fall in. And, uh, you know, what was going on last night? And he told her. He, he said, we had a prayer meeting. <laughs> and she said, I, I need to come home. Will you take me back? And I think prayer does change hearts and minds and God will work as we pray. And thirdly, I'd like us to pray for something very personal that you might have. Something that's been bothering you or something, I think back in the early Christian days and I had a vision to do things or wanted to see God move in a certain way. I felt like God was asking me to do something and it never happened. Maybe you're in that place. Maybe you've had a vision or a goal or something that's been put on hold for many years. Maybe because of work or taking care of a loved one or family that kept you from doing something, some vision or dream from the past. Um, if I had to ask you, if I had one prayer, could take one prayer from God you know is going to be answered, what, is, what would that be? Uh, think about that for a minute. And then I'd like us to pray. So these three things. Let's pray for the first one. 
Let's take three or four minutes. I know in a church like this, three or four minutes seems like an hour, but we'll try to be quiet for a few minutes. Pray for somebody you don't think is a believer, someone you've been praying for later in your heart, someone who uh, is really, God is asking to pray for right now. We want to pray for them together. Let's just spend a couple minutes. Lord, we come here today and we ask for your Holy Spirit to be released, to reach out and affect the loved ones or the people that we care about who don't know you. Your word tells us to, to pray and ask, believing, and as two or three come together and do this, you will act, you will work. We know it's in your word that you have died for everyone and that whosoever will may come and we, we ask that you would be drawing these people to yourself. Uh, we know it's not from us, not that nothing we can do other than to pray, but you can change events and you can act. If there's something you want us to do in regards to these people we're praying for, uh, give us wisdom. We don't want to turn them off by pushing too hard, but on the other hand, we, we do need to be a light, we need to be salt. If there's something we can say or should say, help us to know when to say that. We know it's hard at family gatherings coming up 
to share with family. Sometimes they're already uh, turned off to us, but may we say or do things that will continue to remind them of who we are and how we make decisions based on your word and the truth, that the light would shine forth from us that would make them want to know more. We want to line up with your will, and we know you want people to come to you, and so we're asking this today together so that you will touch these lives. May you get all the, the glory for what's going to happen. Okay, let's go into a time of praying for those who have drifted away from the Lord, those who are maybe not walking with God as they should be. Um, maybe we all need some of that prayer. But there are those who are just rejected God fully and totally. Think of Jim Simbola and his daughter. We know that praying works. We know that you move and act, whether that's going to be a dream or a vision, whether it's going to be radio or TV, something that you put in their path, someone who's a believer that they interact with, coming across your word in a hotel room in a drawer of the Gideon's Bible. Uh, there's so many ways that you work, Lord, and we just ask that you will work with these people. We, we care about them. Uh, we've maybe been praying for years already and not seeing anything happen. I'd like to end this section with a prayer from Daniel in Daniel chapter 9, verse 16. 
So, Lord, according to all your righteous acts, let your anger and your wrath turn away from your city Jerusalem, your holy hill, because of our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers. Jerusalem and your people have become a byword among all who are around us. Now, therefore, our God, listen to the prayer of your servant and to his pleas for mercy. And for your own sake, O Lord, make your face to shine upon your sanctuary, which is desolate. O my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations, the city that is called by your name. For we do not present our pleas before you because of our righteousness, but because of your great mercy. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, pay attention and act. Do not delay for your own sake, my God, because your city and your people are called by your name. O God, we ask that you work here today not because of our righteousness, not because of who we are and how good we are, but because of who you are and how good you are. For your sake, Lord, you want these loved ones who have strained, have gone away, who have backslidden to come back to you. For your sake, Lord, today, for your people who are called by your name, together as we pray today. Thirdly, let's pray for something different, something maybe that's too big for us to think of ourselves. maybe some mountain in your life that needs to be moved, maybe a vision or dream that you've never been able to see happen in your life, maybe now is the time, come back to it, pray that God will move and bring you these answers to prayer, something that's maybe it's hard to share with others. We know that God can do miracles. We believe that he's here today with us. He's promised in his word. He's here. He's listening. Oh, Lord, speak to us.
think of the story of the orphanage who um, was given notice they would have to close down. They were going to build a highway, and they're right along the path of the highway. Um, the only way to change that plan was this mountain that would have been the most direct route, but they weren't going to move a mountain. They were going to go around it, and their orphanage was in the way. And uh, they started praying, and some of the kids had read this verse that uh, if you pray, you can move mountains. And so they started praying. And uh, a few weeks before the deadline came, this company came to them and said, uh, you know, we're, we're going to build something, and we need a lot of earth. And uh, this mountain over here looks like a good bit of earth that we could use. Do you mind if we get rid of this for you? <laughs> and uh, God did. He came in, and they moved that mountain, and they were able to put the highway next to it and not have to close down this orphanage this Christian orphanage, and these kids have been praying. That's a literal example, but God can move in your life in many ways. Let's not stop praying because maybe we haven't seen an answer right away. Sometimes God's answers are delayed or in His timing, not ours. But He does listen and He does answer. As we wrap up today, I would just like to encourage us to share any answers to prayer that we prayed for today. In the next few weeks, if something happens, share that. Encourage each other by sharing the answers to prayer. Often we miss that last part. We pray, God acts, and then we kind of just move on. If you've got a journal and you write things down, maybe you can go back and see all those things that God answered to encourage us. But corporately too, let us know. We can share that. If God is answering some prayers here, some big prayers you have, if you're willing to share that with the group, that will encourage us to continue to pray. So I'll just pray here as we close. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for prayer. We thank you that you have invited us into a relationship with you, and, and that's prayer, and you want us to do that every day. You want us to be sharing uh, with you. You want us to be uh, listening to what you're saying. It's not just a one-way uh, checklist of requests, but you want us to be talking to you and hearing you through your word, through music, through fellowship, and, and being together with other believers. Uh, we thank you for this opportunity to pray today, and we know you're working. We know you're moving because you've told us in your word when two or three are gathered together in your name, you're there in the midst of them. And as we pray together that you're moving and your hand is not uh, too weak to move, it says in your word. So we just expect you to be answering these prayers we ask today. Uh, encourage us by them and help us to encourage each other. And so anyone here today who may be struggling with something and you need more prayer in a private way, please come and see the elders. Uh, talk to the leaders. Share that with somebody to get help in your life, whatever you might be struggling with today. And Lord, we ask this for your glory, uh, for your name's sake, as we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.